0: Thank you for joining us. Um, it's always uh, the brave ones that come out in winter in the evening services. So, well done. You can tap, pack, take your hand and pat yourself on the back. Say, well done. No name. Add your name there. But it's good to be together, huh? And uh, we're going to have a great time this evening. And uh, we, we, we're starting a new series over the next few weeks. And um, it's a word in season, a now word. What is the Lord saying to us as a church at Fountain, as a church in South Africa, in the church globally? What is the Lord saying to us now? What do we need to hear? What are some of the things that are really stirring us? So it's, it's very easy and very hard to prepare a sermon like that because you can do anything, eh? You can do anything, um, but it's also exciting because you can kind of t- unpack some of the things that you, you're sensing the Lord saying. So I want to jump straight into John chapter 14. And uh, if you have a, a physical Bible with you, you get a free coffee at the coffee shop. So just bring your Bible to the front, and uh, they're more than ha- happy to give you a free cappuccino. If you've got it on your phone, uh, you get a water. If you don't have a Bible on your phone, all in your hand, um, sheesh, come up to the front afterwards, we're going to pray. We're going to really intercede for you. Okay. So John Chip, and probably on the screen as well, How huh? we're so nice there. Eh? We are such nice people. John chapter 14, verse 15. Jesus, he says to the disciples, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. That always gets misinterpreted, but we'll carry on. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, Because it neither sees him nor knows him, you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. You see, Jesus is talking here in the future sense; he's with them still, and he's obviously preparing to go and to die, and to be resurrected, and then leave. We see in Acts chapter one. So we're reading this from him in the actually in the future sense. So what Jesus is saying, he uh, he dwells with you and will be in you. We he's in us now, right? Because we're sitting in the future. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet a little while the world will, will see me no more. But you will see me because I live. You also will live. In that day you will know that I'm in my Father and you are in me and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered him, if you love me, well, whoever loves me, anyone who loves me will keep and keep my word. My father will love him, and we will come and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring you to a remembrance of all that I have said to you. So from the beginning, there's two very, very easy problems that we can uh, we can misinterpret here. The first one is we can see and we can take this as Jesus saying, hey, guys, you got to do a lot of work. Hey, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. If you love me, you'll prove. If you love me, you'll be a good boy or a good, good young girl. That's the first issue that we can take out of this, and that's not what Jesus is saying. The second one, you can notice how it's almost like he's going around the same thing over and over and over and over. And so there's something here that he's keeping on wanting to repeat, wanting to get stuck into us. It's a very simple thing, but very complex. Sometimes the most simplest things in our lives are the most complex things, right? Hey? I remember when I was young and, and doing those tests, and sometimes, you know those math exams, and you see those, that, and it's like so simple that it becomes difficult. Like It must be harder than finding X. You know, where is this silly thing? What's going on here? And you overdo it and then you get it wrong. And you think, oh, I'm so silly. I should have just thought about the simple thing. Eh? Something is very simple here that the disciples are making very complex. And Jesus is wanting us to see a very natural thing. And so for some of us here tonight, you might be here, you might be sitting here and you might have never experienced God's presence. And you might not really be sure that you actually want to. You're kind of sitting there thinking, I don't know if I, if I want Jesus in my life. I don't really know if I want to experience his presence. I don't know if I want all that. I enjoy what I have right now. For some of us, maybe we're sitting here, we're really desiring to receive more of his presence. But we just don't know how. We just cannot receive. We've tried everything. We've read every scripture. We've memorized. We've put that on the fridge. We've come up to the front we've sweated and put our hands out, we've done all the things to get more of his presence, but something just doesn't work. For some of us, maybe we've experienced his presence, but we feel like we can't anymore. What was before is not happening anymore. eh? Last time I did it, we did it like this, and his presence came, but now when I do it, it doesn't work. eh? Anyone else? And some of us, maybe we've experienced his presence long ago, and you've tried, and you're almost at that place where you're like, oh, cynical. I'm not, giving, I'm not trying that again. You know, you're going to have to work really hard, preacher, to get me in the front. I'm not doing that anymore. I'm, I'm tired of that. I'm frustrated. It's not working. It doesn't come out. If you're one of those, those people tonight, any of these categories, I feel like the Lord really wants us, as we begin, He really wants us to remind us that the problem is not that you've done too many things wrong. The problem is not that we're we're not trying hard enough. The problem is not that we're spending not enough time with him. The problem is that you're probably not willing to accept that he's already here. And sometimes that is the most simple thing, but yet can be the most complex thing for us to understand and comprehend. That we look, analyze our lives, we think, okay, I must have been a bad guy, I must have not tried hard enough, I must be not putting enough effort in. I must be doing something wrong. There's always something that we're doing that we're missing that we need to do. But maybe, just maybe, the problem is not what we're doing. But the problem is that we're not willing to accept that he's already here. And that sounds like a simple thing, but it's quite a difficult pull to digest. Because to accept Jesus that he's here is to mean that it's not about me. That can be a very, very difficult thing. So when we, un- when we see the scripture and this, this, this conversation between the disciples and Jesus, it's a very, very easy, simple thing that Jesus is saying But can become very complex if we don't wanna let go and let God in. And so I want us to look at two things tonight. First of all, to encourage and to remind us the spirit is in you. The spirit is in us. The spirit is alive, he's active, and he's in you. And then even more important for most of us that have been doing this for a long time, it's not a question of, is the spirit in me? We should, we should, we should know that. The spirit is, how do I nurture it? That's a problem. How do we nurture the spirit that is in me? How do we fan to flames? How do we keep this thing going? How do we remind ourselves that he's in me? And we slip up continually. On this action, and so I want to jump around quickly, and, and just a few. There's many, many places in the Bible where the Lord is reminding, He's showing us, He's He's He's, He's throwing it at us, He's shouting at us that the Spirit is already in us. Firstly, look at John uh, chapter 14. We've just read it. How many times does Jesus say to the disciples that I'm in you? It's count. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments, and I'll ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, forever, not bound to something. He will be with us forever, number one. Even the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. And when Jesus died, resurrected, went to heaven, the Spirit was with us. That's the second and third one. He's with us forever. He dwells in you, and he will be with you forever. Three times already, Jesus has reminded us of this thing. He goes on, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. In a little while, the world will see me no more. But you will see me. Why? Because I live, you also will live. In that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Four. How's that? Carry on. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be love of my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Five. If I love the Lord, he loves me. Jesus promises that his presence will manifest on me. Not just tinkle, but manifest. Manifest. Fill. Overflow blow us up, manifest his presence with us, five, carrying on, Judas said to him, Lord, how is it that you'll manifest yourself to us and not to the world? That's what we as humans always say. It's not fair. You can't just fool me and not everyone else. You, you need to do it for everyone. You can't just do it for me. You, then you're not, okay, I'm trying to, you're not a nice person. we are trying to prove there's something missing here. There's something not right with this Jesus. And Jesus Jesus answered him, if anyone, who's anyone? Hey, all of you guys here, me, the worst of the worst, the best of the best, anyone, if anyone loves me, he'll keep my word and my father will love him and he will come to him. Wow. Wow, Jesus. (laughs) And make our home with him. Six. He won't just be there, remind us, tell us what to do. He's going to make his, his home in us. Makes his home right here. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words. And the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father who sent me. These things I've spoken to you while I am still with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all these things and bring you to remembrance all that I've said to you. Six times in 14, 11 chapters, Jesus reminds the people that the Holy Spirit is in them. The Holy Spirit is in them over and over and over again. Jump to Galatians chapter three. Paul is reminding the Galatians with some energy he starts off chapter one, verse 1 of chapter 3. Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Who, would, who was before your eyes that Jesus was publicly portrayed as crucified? Let me ask you only this. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Yeah, He's like, guys, didn't you read what Jesus said? Don't you believe that His Spirit is in you? That you didn't get it by works. You didn't get it by trying hard. You got it by hearing with faith. And that's what we're doing right now. We, we're hearing what the word is saying and we're wanting to believe it. We're wanting to receive it. Have I convinced you? Hey? The spirit is in you. The spirit is in you. Kamwali, from Zambia. The spirit is in us. The spirit lives right here in David and Mel and Kambali, and all of us. He lives in us. We need to begin to believe that and receive that. So what happens when we think the Spirit is not in us? And there are three things normally that begin to happen. When we believe the Spirit is not in us, what begins to happen? First of all, we tend to give up. And that's not saying that the Spirit's not in us. It's when we believe or we think that the Spirit's not in us. I can't feel Him, I can't see Him, I don't experience Him. I'm letting it go, okay? Lay it down. We see a lot of people come and go at a cost. The second way, um, uh, Jesus even mentions it. He says in verse 18, I will not leave you as orphans. When we don't believe the Spirit is in us, we become orphans. We start to believe that we're aliens in the world, that we don't have a home. We don't have a father. We don't have a mother. No one loves me. No one cares for me. No, one, no one's looking out for me. I don't, I, there's no one that is related to me, who's with me, who's in me. We begin to develop an orphan spirit. Hey. Okay? And then we begin to try and find any little thing that's going to satisfy this need. What is it's going to do? What's it going to do? What's it going to do? When we believe that the spirit is not in us, we give up. We become orphans. And number three, we become control freaks. Hey. Okay? We try to formalize and how, how, how am I going to do this? What, what little areas and little ways can I get around to making sure that I get what I want without trying to actually believe that the spirit is in me? You know, have you ever seen, um, often on a Sunday morning, Sunday evening, have you ever seen when some of these guys um, what they do or how they act, when they're not sure a girl likes them? Eh? Hey? Uh, there's one little guy here, Christy. <laughs> have you ever seen, and we'll add girls into this as well, have you ever seen when a guy or a girl, how they begin to act when they're not sure if a girl or guy likes them? Have you ever seen that, eh? Their bodies begin to change, their clothes begin to change, their hairstyles begin to change, they begin to stand in certain ways to at their best angle, eh? You know, they, and they, they... You know, they're always from a distance. They're always in, like, sight of the person, but they're acting like they never really know them, you know? They'd want to, I'm always talking here, but I'm actually, my, my attention is here. Have you seen that? Hey, we've always been there, hey? And so we, we begin to, when we think someone likes us, we're not sure if they like us, we begin to act differently. We, and the way we change and act and say and, and operate in all these different ways. And, and often what happens is we make it worse for ourselves. Okay? Eh? True. We don't actually just go and investigate and talk to the person. We ask the friend. Hey, what do we think? And then the friend tells us one thing and then it gets confusing. Or we're trying to act so like we don't care that we're in the wrong direction and we're so distracted by everything going on that we don't actually find out. Okay? Eh? That's what comes up when when we, when, 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 with the Spirit, when we're trying to understand things. We We don't just inquire and say, is this true or not? Is the spirit in me or not? We're trying to find ways. How can I figure out a different way of trying to do this church spirit thing without actually just getting to know it? So how does John and how does Jesus encourage us to believe that the spirit is in us? because he's giving us a mandate here. He's giving us a tool of how can we believe it? How can we know it? And so we notice here three times Jesus says the phrase, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments, right? Verse 15, verse 21, whoever has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. Number three, Jesus answered him, if anyone loves me, he'll keep my word and my father will love him and we will come and make our home with him. What is the commonality there? I heard Jesus. I mean, that's a good answer, guys. That's always a right answer. It's keep, is it keeping? If you love me, you'll keep. If you love me, you'll keep. If you love me, you'll keep. It's not keeping, it's loving. First of all, understanding love. And I've got a lamp here today because I, every time, as I began to prepare this, I just kept on thinking about this darn lamp that's at home. That doesn't actually work, it's not very effective. For, for candles are way better. But for the, the sake of this, of this whole thing, I'm gonna try. And guess what? You can't actually buy just this, you know, this material thread in here. You, I, I'm looking all in the shops today and you can't just buy that piece. So I had to buy a whole new thingy just for the thread. I was thinking of just taking the thread from the shops, but then I thought, I'm preaching. <laughs> I'll do it tomorrow. Okay, wow, look at this, eh? Okay, David, focus now, brother. There we go. Okay, and while we... Just don't darn me, dude. While we're talking, it has to keep on going. While we're talking, I want us to look at that and, and, and this this is us. That's you and me. The spirit that, that, that Jesus is encouraging his people is talking about is in them, okay? And he's now saying to them, how can you begin to, first of all, number one, how do you believe that he's in you? If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. It's not the keeping. We'll get into the keeping now, but it's the love. We've got to know We've got to love God, and often what we do, and we, we misinterpret it, we read this as, if I love God, he will love me, and, I, and if I love him, I'll prove that I'm good enough, and then he'll love me, and then his spirit will come. So I've got to try really hard, and I've got to pray a lot, and I've got to do all the right things, and that'll prove I love him, and if I, if I, if I prove I love him, he will love me, and then his spirit will come. That's not true. That's not what Romans chapter 5, you want to jump there. Um, Oh, wrong way, David. Romans chapter 5. Look what it says here. This should just take it all away. Come on. Romans chapter 5. God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. For while we were still weak. Wow. Eh? At the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person, one would dare to even die. But God shows his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for you. At your worst, Christ died for you. What does that mean? Stay with me for a sec as we just go through this. At your worst, God loves you. Therefore, it can never ever be about if I love God, God will then love me and then his spirit will come. Because God loved you before you ever loved him. So how, when Jesus is saying, hey guys, if, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments and then the spirit will come. What is he meaning? He's meaning you've got to love God. How do I love God? How do I love someone? I've got to receive him. I can't love my wife by forcing and manipulating and doing a lot of things. I've got to just get to know her. And I've got to see her and appreciate her. And hopefully, by some reason, under the sun, no one really understands still, she'll love me back. Right? I can't get her just to love me by acts. So it's, and that's what Paul saying to the Galatians. You didn't receive the Spirit by works. Because if it's by works, then you can, you can love God by works. So it's got nothing to do with if I love God, He will love me and the Spirit will come. It's actually, if I begin to realize God loves me. What begins to happen is I love him. And so the, 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 the only way that Jesus said, the, the key to making sure the spirit lives in you is actually not all up to you. Does that make sense? The only way that Jesus is saying, this is how you will know that the spirit is in you if you love me. The only way you'll know the spirit is in you is not even all up to you. It's up to God. And you realize, wow, God loves me so much that I want to love Him. And so how do I know that the Spirit is in me? I've got to just get to know His love for me. And what will birth out of getting to know His love for me is I will begin to love Him. And when I begin to love Him, I'll begin to want to serve Him. And when I begin to want to serve Him, I'll begin to change. Hey. So sometimes it's such a simple thing that becomes so complex in our lives that this is not an effort thing. This is a receiving thing. This is not an effort thing. This is a receiving thing. That from the beginning, the process, understanding, is the Spirit in me or not? It's a question of, am I willing to receive Him or not? Am I willing to receive Him? It's not an effort thing. It's not a a keep if I keep his commandments, his spirit will come. So If I receive his love, I will know that his spirit is there. So the question then is not, is the spirit in me? But will I receive God's love by loving him, which confirms his love? And so I'm, I'm harboring on this point because I want to just dispel this idea in our lives that I think we spend all our time trying to convince ourselves that the spirit is in me. Oh, I don't know. I don't know if the Spirit's in me anymore. I think it died out. I think I ran out of oil. I think I, the wind blew and it went away. I think I just did too many things and it just, it just... it's The Spirit cannot leave you based on your actions. It just dies down. It's still there because it's based on knowing Jesus. And so I want to affirm, if you know Jesus, if you believe in Jesus, The Spirit is in you. If you don't know Jesus, start there, figure out, why do I want to receive Jesus? And once I understand I want to receive Jesus in my life, once you receive Jesus in your life, that flame has been lit and it won't go out. The Spirit is in you. And so, and and that's because, and and that's why the, the most important thing is why Jesus harboring on the next point of keeping the commandments. And that's the second and last thing I want to emphasize. How do we nurture this thing? That's more important. That's a bigger question for us to answer. We've got to believe. We've got to stand firm. The Spirit is in me. Stop running around trying to convince myself and trying to do things to get the Spirit in. The Spirit's in. Move on. How do I nurture it now? And that is a way better question to ask than how do I grow in faith? Because even ask myself, how do I grow in faith can become works. How do I do the stuff? How do I get, uh, how do I make sure the presence gets in me? No, it's when I ask myself, how do I nurture his presence? I'm assuming his presence is really in me. And so we can stand from that point and we begin to ask the question, okay, how do I fan this flame? How do I nurture it and grow it and feed it so it becomes more and more of me? Not how do I keep lighting it every single day? It's lit. Move on. Hey, and that's what Jesus is saying here. If you keep my commandments, and so I think in our world today, we, 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 we haven't just we've we become so fearful of receiving his love that that's become the dominant factor and, and the teaching that we're trying to keep on just proving that you loved, and that's amazing and that's essential but I think we so fixate on proving that we, that we love by God that we don't think that there's any effort involved. And we like, if I love God, and if I just can remind myself every day that He loves me, that's enough. Like, that is, in, that is enough to keep that flame there, but it's, it's not enough if you wanna grow it, hey? It's not enough if you wanna nurture this thing, if you wanna, if you wanna allow Him to consume our lives, and that's what Jesus is saying here. How do we keep his commandments? How do we grow this thing? How do we nurture this thing? How do we see Jesus transform our lives and change our minds and our families and the things around us? How do we discipline ourselves? How do we put effort in, not earning, but effort? How do we begin to, to, to feed this flame so that it becomes more and more, we become more of a light to the world? And and, and that's, that's the passion that I have. That's the desire that I want to see in my life as well. How do I nurture this thing? How do I grow this thing? How do I put practices and disciplines in my life to begin to see more of Jesus coming through because I love him? Hey, don't we want that? So ending off, how do we nurture God's spirit that's already in us? First of all, we don't move on. We add on. You don't move on from the spirit in you. You don't say, okay, I know the spirit's in me, close door, lock it, and now I want to really get into the good stuff of how do I grow it or how do I develop my giftings? We don't move on from knowing the spirit's in us. We add on. What do I mean? I mean, when every single time you're frustrated or you're doubting or you're feeling like, how do I do this? We wake up in the morning like, oh, I don't really wanna do a quiet time. It's the worst thing in the world. We ask ourselves the question, okay, the Spirit's in me. Now what do I wanna do with that? Well, how do I add on to this thing? You, you ask to come up the front and, you know, sometimes we get in the front and people are praying for you and their breath smells, hey, and it's cold. And like you're really trying hard to like receive. And you're like trying everything you can. And for some reason, you're just listening to all these lies that come through. And you're like, that is adding on, is staying in that place. Okay, Jesus has made his home in me. Jesus promised me in John 14 that if I love him, he will manifest his presence in me. And so I, I remind myself, Jesus, your fire, your passion, your spirit is in me. I know that. Not based on what I'm feeling right now, but based on the truth what you've said, and as I stand in that place, I'm going to add on to that by staying there and allowing you to do what you want to do. That's effort. That's what effort looks like. Not trying hard on my strength, but surrendering more and more of my life, standing in the place of knowing, knowing what he's already done done and said in me. Hey, that's not moving on, but adding on. Number two, allow yourself to be pruned. John 15, he goes on, he says, those who get pruned, the point of pruning is to bear more fruit. The point of things being cut away, sometimes there are times in life where you don't feel anything. It's just nothing ever clicks. You think, what are you doing, Lord? What have I done wrong? Accept that it's good to be pruned because he wants you to bear more fruit. What he's actually basically saying is he wants you to, to move on more and more from a state of experience and feeling to experience of knowing. And if you stay in the place of just experience and feeling, if, if your, your whole relationship with the Lord is about that, you have to feel and experience for you to know that He's there. And He prunes us and He reminds us, hey, I'm still here even though you don't feel me because I want you to know I'm here. It's knowing more than just feeling. And so, to nurture the spirit is to say, Lord, I don't know what is going on. I don't know if I've done something wrong, but I'm gonna allow myself to be pruned. I wanna bear more fruit. I'm gonna allow myself to wait in this place. Number three, keep it simple. Just keep it simple. David, I'm speaking to myself. I'm overcomplicating everything all the time. There must be a, a, a new key. If I just learn this one little thing, it'll transform my life, eh? We all there? Keep it simple. The spirit is in me. How do I nurture the spirit? What are the things that I can do in my life to nurture the spirit? If I don't, if I'm not sure, I just remind myself the spirit is in me. Thank you, Jesus. Your spirit is in me, and I remind myself of that truth. Keep it simple. And so, overall, as I end off. I, 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 How do we do these things on a daily basis? And there's four very, very simple things, four simple things that you can just add to your life and assess in your life. They are not ways to earn. They are ways that you put effort in. They are ways to help remind yourself that it's not based on you, but it's based on him. First of all, scripture. Get into the word. We've just seen it. I have not encouraged us because of my testimony. I've encouraged based on what Jesus has said. That's the truth. When you read that, you realize, "Whoa, His Spirit is in me. But as we read Scripture, as we begin to understand Scripture, as we begin to just sit and read a little bit by little bit every single day, what begins to do is begin to feed the Spirit that is in us. We begin to stay aligned with what the Lord is saying to us. We begin to understand these things. And, and keeping reminding ourselves that I, I don't read Scripture so that I'm a better Christian. I read Scripture because I want to feed the Spirit that's in me. You see how the, the The motive begins to change. The motive begins to change. Number two, practices or disciplines or spiritual practices. And here, there's a lot of them, but I I say, I stop asking, do I want to do them? And start asking, is it good for me? We always ask that. How do I want to do it? No, I won't do it. I think there's more, there's, a, there's more question without becoming law-based. But there's like, is it good for me? Is it good for me? And what are the spiritual practices? It's, it's, it's spending time listening to the Lord. It's going on walks with the, the Lord. It's fasting, it's tithing, it's coming to church. It's these, these, these ways that just stop us from getting in the way of Him. That's what basically we need to do for the rest of our lives. How do I, me, get it out of the way? How do I get out of the way and allow him to begin to speak to me? That's nurturing. So scripture, practices. Number three, community, essential. Get into a connect group, get into church, be committed, join people, find people that encourage you and will walk with you and will remind you every single day the spirit is in you. You need that. You cannot do this alone. Cannot do this alone. We, a lot of us are nodding because we've experienced it and we understand it. We need to be together. We need people to remind us. And lastly, number four, it's his presence. It's his presence. Every, everything. If we read scripture, if we do spiritual practices, if we join a community without his presence, it's just work. It's just earning, it's doing more, more, more for, for myself that I can prove. But when we allow the Spirit to come, He soaks all these things and allows them to become moments of Him, allowing His presence to come and be with us. Let's pray. And you can stand as we begin to pray. I invite you just to put out your hands as if you if you feel free, just to as a sign of saying, Jesus, your spirit is in me. And I really want to encourage you tonight, if you have never given your life to the Lord, <clears throat> that's the first place to start. And while we're worshiping, come and find me, come and find Rob in the front, and we would love to lead you to the Lord. And for everyone else that has received Jesus in their life, I would love us to to, to just, as we go in a time of worship, to allow the Lord to speak to us from a place of knowing that His Spirit is in you. That if you've received Jesus in your life, you've received His Spirit. so well, as we worship, as we praise him, as we thank him, and as we pray for each other and minister to each other, that we're coming from a place of knowing that the King of kings, that the Lord of lords, that the, the creator of the universe lives in you. And it's not so much about trying to get him far away in, but it's allowing him who's in you to come out. But allowing him who's in you to come out. So Jesus, we pray. Will you begin to just come out tonight in our worship and praise? We begin to come out, Lord. Will you just be, will confidence and, and boldness begin to rise? Hope begin to rise tonight as we stand firm in the knowledge that your spirit is in us, that you've made a home in us, that Jesus, you've manifested your presence with us. manifested your presence with us, Lord. And so, will you come and move amongst us right now, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, let's just breathe him in. Just breathe his presence. Thank you, Lord. Your Spirit is in us. And I just encourage you, I sense that for some of you there will be a painful thing. Almost feel like a shameful thing, like Why have I not allowed the Spirit in me just more condemning? And I just want to break that of your life right now. If you feel any pain, any shame, just, just, just stay in that place. Just allow the Lord to speak to you in the pain. Speak to you in the confusion. Thank you, Jesus. I really encourage you just to Welcome him in. Allow him to move. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks, Dave. So just as we...